I would say theater actually opened me to a different world because like I said, before I even became the different woman, I had a lot of challenges um, growing up. Um, a traumatic childhood, I must say, because I watched my mother suffer several years of domestic violence and I am a secondary survivor because the spillovers, you know, when you're turning into a cop and the cop overflows, I took the overflow. I watched her, you know, cry a lot of times. I still have some of those shrieks in my head. Um, I nursed her injuries. You know, you see your mother's flesh, you know, flapping out and blood all over. You have to clean, you have to stitch, you know, and these continued for a long time. Life is tough for all of us, but some do have it tougher than most. Being exposed to domestic violence in the home as a child must truly be one of the toughest things to witness. Sandra somehow managed to use the emotion of this episode in her life in quite a unique way. She expressed her pain through writing and performing, and this has significantly shaped her life in a very positive way. Have a listen and find out how she did it. Enjoy. Staying Alive UK. Share your story. Hello and welcome, Sandra. How are you today? I'm good. How about you, Michael? I'm really well and I'm really excited to um, talk to you today because I know you have lots to share on the Share Your Story podcast and I'm really excited. And it was amazing how we met because I was running a LinkedIn social audio event last year and you came on it and you shared some really amazing things with us all. And the one thing that I picked up on that I really wanted to try out was do my podcast on Zoom and stream it live to LinkedIn. And hopefully this is what we're doing right now. Uh, So uh, (laughs) uh, thank you so much. And also, I believe it's very timely. So don't say anything yet. We'll have to keep people in suspense. It's very timely because you and what you're doing, you've gone through a new rebrand and a launch with all the things that you're doing. So I'm excited to learn about that. So I asked the same question to all my guests uh, that come on the podcast. And by the way, this is the first ever podcast interview that I've done live um, and have it streamed live. So Thank you for being a guinea pig (laughs) Uh, and thank you for inspiring me to have a go. And we had lots of technical issues, didn't we, just now? And uh, that was really interesting what was going on. But anyway, it's working now. Fingers crossed it will. Regardless, even if we lose connection, we will still have the audio and we'll have the video recording of this as well. So, right, let's get into it. So... Mm -hmm. My only question I ever ask, apart from others that will come up, I'm sure, is, Sandra, tell us your story and how did you get to where you are today? Okay. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for this opportunity to share my story, especially because I used to be on the other end and now I am on this end. (laughs) Okay, so... My name is Sandra Adeyeyebelo. I'm popularly known as the different woman. 
I got the um, initial, the different woman from being a woman who was challenging the status quo and the status quo being that women had some limitations. Women were supposed to be seen, not heard. Women, so many things, you know, it it felt like the woman was to be everything else, but the owner of our story, the person who um, knew who she was or owned her voice or even her spotlight, you know, I, I am an African, I'm Nigerian, and it's almost a challenge when you look at um, a woman from way back. You see women across boards and you see that there are systems that actually protect the woman, that give the woman an opportunity to, you know, seek for justice and actually get justice, you know. Yes. But down here, Um, A lot of things are still crawling. Yes, we're making progress. We're making strides, but I still think we are a long way from there. And that's where I come in. That's where I got the name, The Different Woman, because I felt at the time, even without knowing or reaching out to the global world, which LinkedIn allows me to, you know, connect to right now, I felt that women could be more. I felt that we could have more. I felt that we could, you know, do more for ourselves. And that's when people started looking at me like, Hey, okay. Why is she different? Why is she different? So it's stuck. So that's why I'm called a different woman. Now, um, professionally, I, a media practitioner, I went to school, I studied theater and, um, while way back, let's backtrack just a bit. And, um, I would say theater actually opened me to a different world because like I said, before I even became the different woman, I had a lot of challenges um, growing up. Um, a traumatic childhood, I must say, because I watched my mother suffer several years of domestic violence. And I am a secondary survivor because the spillovers, you know, when you're turning into a cop and the cop overflows, I took the overflow. I watched her, you know, cry a lot of times. I still have some of those shrieks in my head. Um, I noticed that injuries, you know, you see your mother's flesh, you know, flapping out and blood all over. You have to clean, you have to stitch, you know, and this continued for a long time. Um, I remember asking her why she stayed in that relationship and she would always say, um, you know, like I said earlier, we come from a society where um, things such as marital rape is treated like a family issue. So, and when a woman's marriage fails, I say woman's marriage now because I want to sound like us right now, but marriage is supposed to be about two people coming together. But here it's called a woman's marriage, right? So if a marriage fails, it's the woman's fault automatically. People automatically start asking her, what did you do? What what didn't you do right? You know? So it felt like, she couldn't leave because the stigma, the shame, she continued to ask the question, where does she go to? And of course, um, abuse is something that takes a long time and it takes a toll on the victim. The victim becomes completely dependent on their abuser for everything, yes, including their finances. And of course, you cannot just tell a woman to pick up and leave if she has no money. So I think the the main thing that happened was she couldn't leave because of all the stigma around in the society. And also 
she was not financially um, empowered to leave. Of course. Then, then, you know, growing up as a child, as a girl child, of course, in the same society, I, I looked at my mother as a role model and I felt, no, I don't want to be her. I don't want to be like her. And of course, that's where the different woman um, character started to come to play. Um, it became it became my my goal, you know, to do different, to be different. I wanted to change that story. I didn't want to replay or repeat the same things in my life. And that's how I started to, you know, um, come out. And I started writing from a very young age. I started writing poetry, stories. And in those stories, I created sheroes, like I love to call them. I created sheroes. Women who, you know, did things that were absurd in my society, you know, superheroes, things that were not um, seen or heard of about women in my community while I was growing up. So a lot of my stories revolved around women, you know, challenging the status quo, coming out, speaking their truth, and so on, until I got into university where I studied theater arts. And that's why I say that was the chain. That was that, that was the, the exposure I needed yes. to the other forms of expression. Yeah. For me, it, it was the ex, it, it was that exposure I needed because the moment I studied theater arts, I learned the various every other form of you know expression. Yes, now I am also a mental health practitioner. Right. And I realized a lot of the things that I went through cost me trauma mm. as a child. Yeah. And I grew up an angry, um, irritated. I was easily, you know, I was withdrawn. I, I couldn't even speak in public. I couldn't even, you know, there were, there were just a lot of things that I was different, basically, until I started to study theater. And then I learned that I could express through music, dance, yeah. drama. Yeah. And, you know, I already said I started writing way back. So writing just became, I could now create characters that I could see. You know, it wasn't just in my writing. It wasn't just in words anymore. I could create women on stage, you know, put those characters on stage. And when people played them, you would just see me shedding tears. Like I see my characters come to life. And it was empowering for me. It was empowering for me. Now, today, I understand that mm. I went through a series of incidents so that I would be able to help women like me yeah. go through this. Um, trauma is something that we really don't talk about in the African society, especially when we talk about mental health. In right. fact, when we talk about mental health, it's like um, we have over-spiritualized it here or we try to avoid it because everyone feels like we're just surviving. We're just thriving. You know, everyone will just be like, when you, when you talk about what you're going through, uh, people will be like, um, it's like we're in a contest of who suffers the most. So I'm coming to tell you now, Hey, Michael, do you know, I had a heartbreak and you'll be like, really huh. don't worry about me. Um, I've gone through worse. Like mm. you start to tell story. And I, I feel like, um, I'm trying to share with you, but it, it feels like there is this wall we all put up in our society and it's not helped, but I now realize that all of those things contributed to helping me, to developing me to who I am today. Sure. Now I own story. Now I can share with women. I can relate to women who are also going through the same things 
And that's, um, that's why I created my social enterprise, the Different Woman Network. Right. The Different Network allows me to merge my passion for gender and mind wellness with my career in the media. So I've, I started my career in radio. Yeah. I, start, I, I went on to do print. I went on to do um, TV and also films. So now I merge all of that into the Different Woman Network, which is a multimedia and events company. So I create films, I create documentaries, I, I write. I do a lot of content creation around mostly impactful um, content, impactful, um, you know, um, ideas. That's what I do. So it's mostly about impact for me, using the media, you know, to create impact, to influence social um, behavioral change. So that's what it is for me today. That's where I am at today. And of course, I have a bias for women, of course, because of course, first of all, I'm a woman and um, I've connected with women across the globe currently. And it feels like, yes, we are in different locations and we are experiencing different things. But at the end of the day, our stories are almost alike, very yes. connected. You know, we're still going through these same challenges when we talk about um, emotional health and also financial empowerment. There is still a long way to go, you know, till tomorrow on LinkedIn. We still talk about women not having equal pay, you yeah. know, for the same jobs they get with men. And we still talk about um you know, being overqualified for certain jobs. And then uh, people will be like, um, why don't you start from so-so and so? Like, maybe they tell you to start from a basic role because you're a woman, you know? Or you have to fight harder for something that you deserve and so on. So there's still a long way to go globally. And that's where um, I created the Women's Club. The Women's Club creates an opportunity for women to support one another. And also... Um, it's an opportunity for women to go beyond the hashtags. So I know that with social media right now, we have a lot of trends, a yeah. lot of trends. Today you see end GBV, tomorrow you see end rape, tomorrow you see women supporting women and so on. So all these hashtags continue to ring. Yeah. But what are they? Hashtags. Yeah. The moment people are done making, you know, and then they are done. Oh, everybody forgets and moves on to something else. But the woman remains. The woman remains. The yeah. struggle remains. Yeah. So what are we doing about those real life situations, those real life challenges that we're going through as women? That's why I created this. And because I believe that women are the ones to solve women's problems, not, you know, um, you, can't, you can't actually mess up your home and go and call your neighbors or strangers to come clean it up. No. So over time, I think we've played the victim for too long, you know, expecting help to come from outside. Yeah. But of course we understand, we, we should know that everything begins from the inside, internally, our mind. So that's what the women's club is focused on now to mm. empower the woman emotionally and financially, bring women together, educate them, yeah. empower them. We should ourselves. This is not about um, I, I hate tags. I hate tags. Um, it's not about a feminist movement or anything because I feel like those have been bastardized and you know overused or abused. Yeah. Um, those terms. But I feel like this is a wake up call for women to come together and do what needs to be done. We cannot keep crying over something that has been going on repeatedly. We need to do something about it. That's where the women's club comes in. 
And also, I launched my talk show. It's a storytelling talk show. Of course, I told you I merged my passion and career, right? Yes. So I launched a talk show recently because I feel like we don't have inspiration enough of um, our stories out there. So we know that there is a lot of revolution right now going on in the media, you know, trying to create the DEI, you know, diversity and inclusion and so on. So what we need mostly of, what we actually need as women is more representation of women like ourselves, women like who we want to be in the media. So we've been told about how we should be continuously, how, you know, from the magazine, from TV, but they all paint this perfect picture of who a woman is. Oh, she's got it together. Oh, I remember there was a time, this is not to throw shade now, but I remember there was a time that um, Kim Kardashian, you know, when she was pregnant and then she was strutting in heels, you know, yes. when she was strutting in heels, Everybody started like, oh, she makes pregnancy look so easy, you know? And people started comparing down here, like, and someone will get pregnant and she will sleep on the couch and so on. And I was like, hey, do you know pregnancies are different? Do you know women are different? Do you know our bodies are different? You know, Mm. there is a lot that goes into But this comparison from the magazine covers, from reality TV shows, from, you know, what the media is selling to us as you know human beings as women has been this perfect picture of who we are or who we should be so a lot of women are going through depression anxiety and even sorts of suicide do you know someone doesn't like their nose because um it, it's not as pointed as someone they see on tv i know you know people are getting the de- people are getting depressed every single day because of certain things so my talk show is focused on bringing the real of the realest to inspire women to see themselves in women like them. Yeah. Let us start to talk about this. We are going through a lot. We need to talk about it to inspire someone. So people don't, you know, think it's just about the gleam and glam that they see on TV or social yeah. media. There is that goes into our lives. We put in the work, we put in the effort. We go through the same challenges that people go through. So we need to tell those stories the way it is. So so that someone out there doesn't continue to, you know, um, continue to compare their lives, their reality to someone else's one speck of their life. You know, when someone is so perfect, you know, we don't really post most of our behind the scenes. We post only our perfect lives, you know, on social media. That's right. Yeah. What I'm trying to do with the different woman show is to show the real stories, amplify women's voices, spotlight ordinary women in our societies doing extraordinary things. Okay. That's what that is about. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna ask you to pause for a sec, and I'm gonna I'm gonna wind back a little bit. But thank you for that brilliant introduction and summary, okay. and the amazing work that you're doing for women. I really appreciate it. And here is yeah. a man interviewing a woman who is helping other women. So I'm honored that I'm, you know, can do this. Ideally, it should have been a woman interviewing you. But also, (laughs) I believe men have to learn about this too, right? Because men get it wrong all the time. And I say this Mm -hmm. to my wife, sometimes when I hear some of the stories come out of the news, I go, sometimes I am embarrassed to be a man because... Men out there are giving us men a really bad reputation. 
you know, so your mother's partner is giving all men a bad reputation. Every single man that does bad things towards women is giving men a bad reputation all over the world. And it's very, very disappointing to hear it. So I'm going to wind back a little bit. You mentioned that you started writing at a very early age. Do you remember how old you were yeah. when you started? Okay, so when I became very, when I became very conscious of it, I think that should be from about 10 years old, Right. 10 years old, I started, yeah, I think I became conscious of my writing. It wasn't just schoolwork anymore. I know I started writing, you know, recreating our um, primary school um, text stories. There were, there were stories in our English, um, our English um, textbooks. Yeah. But I felt like they could be written in better forms. I used to rewrite them, you know, it, it just recreate the story. So you see Tortoise did this. And then I would do a series on that, you know, other incidents. But when I became conscious about what exactly I was expressing, I think it was 10 years old, from 10 years old. Okay, brilliant. And do you think that that was like a route for you to you know, a bit of escapism from what was going on around you in the family home. And you were able to yes. kind of go into your own little world of stories. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. effectively what you did, I mean, they do say this, that whether you do journaling or writing or, you know, any, especially when you then talk about the creative arts as well, it's an outlet Mm -hmm. to help support some of, you know, the trauma that you went through to try and it's almost yeah. self-healing, isn't it? Would you agree? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I do. Especially now that I'm a, a mental health practitioner as well. Yeah. Um, there is something we talk therapy. Um, and then we always say that the moment the patient, the help seeker begins to express they are already on the path to healing. Yeah. So for me, um, the reason I think I did not turn out totally bad, <laughs> I <laughs> want to put it like that, is because yes. probably had that space to express in my own way. Yes. So I used to write poetry a lot. And at a young age, someone who is older would pick up my poem and be like, what are you trying to say here? Mm. So my my was hidden in words, things that were so deep, most people would not really, couldn't understand. They couldn't just decode it in those few lines I was writing. So I think it was, it was so, it, it was an expression. It was a healing process I was undergoing, even while through still in the trauma, even while still experiencing trauma. Right. It helped me to stay sane. It helped me to stay sane. It helped me to, you know, hope, to keep hoping. I think it helped to build my resilience as well because I kept hoping. I told you I created characters that yes. went through the same things and came out on the other end. So when I create those characters, I felt a bit of hope. I felt like, yes, something could change. I felt like if this could, you know, if I could think it, there is yes. a possibility that this kind of was out there. I could, I could attain that kind of life. I could reach that kind of life. 
In fact, my mother's um, husband actually said I wasn't going to go to school, you know. But mm. hey, this is I will graduate. I've written books. I've I've taught, um, you know, held workshops, seminars, and so on. This is me, yeah. very educated. So these were things that if I had assimilated, if I had um, soaked up all of those negativity, I, I don't know where I would say, I, I don't even want to compare. I don't even want to think about where that life no. would have led to, but I'm thankful for the life I have now. I'm thankful for the fact that, you know, I found or right and found me, you know, when it did, because yes. I think that was that. That was a good process for me. And also, when you write stories that could be your life story in the future, you're, it's, a, it's a way to visualise what might happen for yourself. So you're kind of yeah. going, this is the story I want to live in. <laughs> and you pull it towards you effectively. You know, you're moving in that direction because... Yeah. You know, if you know anything about, I'm sure you do, the law of attraction, then effectively mm -hmm. you're moving in that direction by wishing for it, by writing it down, mm -hmm. by saying this is the kind of life mm -hmm. I want to move towards. And that's how you manifested mm -hmm. all the education and, you know, going into drama and the arts and TV and radio and everything else in the media. It's incredible. So do you think then, so what's your view on... Having gone through the trauma that you went through in the family home mm -hmm. and everything that you yeah. saw and that, in effect, being a message for you to do this work that you're doing today, because without it, yeah. you wouldn't be doing this work today, correct? Hello, it's Michael here. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. More to come, and I just wanted to quickly let you know about my other work, in case you didn't already know. I am involved with producing whiteboard animations for organizations, so they can share better stories about their products or services. I also help business professionals get better at storytelling. I do this via in-person or online workshops, just visit my website where you can find out a lot more. Just go to stayingaliveuk.com or you can contact me via the contact form on the homepage. Just fill in the details and an email will land in my inbox. And now let's get back to the podcast. Correct, correct. I actually feel like that I, I, and I am also thankful most times, whenever I count my blessings, I know a lot of people um, forget to count their days of um, pain as well. Yes, I know there are two types of pain. The one that, you know, drags you down, the one that holds you back. And there is the pain that propels you. The pain that makes you uncomfortable and helps you to see the solution. Right. I think I am thankful for that kind of pain. I'm thankful that I had to go through it because today I have met a lot of women and I can, even though I cannot walk entirely in their shoes, I can't say I can completely relate to every single woman I, I have encountered, but I can tell you that, hey, I can feel that pain. I know where you're at at this time. Yes. You know, I can, I can 
actually, I can actually um, relate to when you say you feel empty, when you say you feel lonely, when you say you feel, um, you feel like you're just existing. When you say you feel like you're just floating, when you feel like you are confused about where you're at, what you're supposed to do with your life, where to go from there. I can feel all of those things when I see women say those things. So my own story helps me to be able to guide, like a guide to more women. Hey, there is hope. Yeah. There is hope. That's one of the things I, I think, like I said earlier, the, the stories I created gave me hope. And when we talk about mental health, to help anyone, you know, through their trying times, through depression and all of that, what we really want to do is to help the person hope again. Yeah. To hang on to. We want them to feel that there is something to fight for. Yeah. There is still something out there. Me, I wanted to, I wanted to, I think I had a lot to prove not just to my mom, not just to the husband, but even to me, I wanted to prove that there is more to the life that we were given. Mm. There is more to the life that we knew. There is more to, you know, just being a woman. Yeah. We're not just women. We, we, can, we can actually thrive. We don't have to just try to survive, you know, because of course that's what we were taught. You know, just survive another day. Just survive another day. Mm. No, we can actually thrive. Yeah. Actually live. We can act, contribute our values. Let our light shine. I want to see that life. I want to experience that life. I'm not there yet. But hey, I am so far from where I started from. And yeah. I am grateful for every in that journey. Brilliant. Thank you. It's interesting, isn't it? Because... Unfortunately, society has to change too. And so when things are almost, you mentioned earlier that it's almost expected to be this way, you know, if a marriage fails, it's the woman's fault. You know, what did you do wrong? That narrative has to change. It it shouldn't be like that at all. And how... How can you, with the work that you're doing, start to move that story that people are telling that that's what is expected? How can you help change that as well? Okay. So what we already started doing on the Different Women Network. So the Different Women Network is my social enterprise. Yes. It's um, where I merge my passion and my business together. So we create content that are impact-based. And if you go through some of the productions we already engaged in, you would realize that most of the work we do helps us to create an internal to external overflow. And this, I mean, uh, sense that we try to help the woman understand that you need to fix you first before you can fix the society. And what we do with that is create content that empowers the woman emotionally because Bob Marley put it in the right way, mental slavery. So a lot of things, um, a lot of the knots that we encounter in our lives, even as um, women, is the fact that, even as a society, is the fact that 
a lot of women still would stand up to fight you. I have had a lot of, a lot of the challenges, unfortunately, um, I have faced or encountered come from women themselves. Women who are scared to embrace this new picture. Women who are scared to, you know, own the difference, you know, in what they already knew and what can be. So what we try to do is... That's natural though, isn't it? Because they've been conditioned to believe that. (laughs) So, yeah. It's all but we are already working on that. So what we try to do is it's that internal to external because the truth is you cannot give what you don't have. Yes. You cannot ask the society to give you what you yourself have not given to yourself. So what we try to do is create content that shows the woman where we are also failing. And if we can step it up a bit, we can now ask, you know, the society to step up, to meet us there. Yeah. So that's what we are doing because at the end of the day, the woman still remains the wife, the mother, the sister, the auntie, you know, yeah. we are connected to people in society. So how do you treat yourself? People treat you the way you treat yourself. Yes. So are you taking something that you're not supposed to be taking? Are you building those boundaries? Are you enforcing them? You know, some of these things are things that enable the society to adjust. So we are trying to empower the woman to see that, hey, if you feel like saying no, you shouldn't be apologetic about saying no. Yeah. You might just be uncomfortable. You need to let people know that you're uncomfortable. So that's what we're doing right now, creating content, creating things that empower the woman to also start to stand up for herself, to say how she really feels so that we can get rid of those shame and stigma in yeah. our society. Yeah. And feel shame. She's shamed by other women. And then the society picks up on this circle and we continue to go in the same circle. Yet we are asking for things to change. Things don't just change because you school. we have to put in the work. So that's what we are doing, putting in the work, creating this content, you know, that helps people, women see themselves in characters that we create and say, oh, okay, I can relate to this character. Then you see your flaws and then you start to adjust so that when you're a mother and you're raising your children, you would understand that, hey, you don't need to give preference to your boys because they are boys. Yeah. Raise the boys, raise the um, there is a there, there is a short film I created that said, when you raise your daughters and you refuse to raise your sons, you let the your your good daughters go and marry, <laughs> you know, the boys that you didn't raise. What are you expecting in the society? So we need to raise our children together. So these are the reasons we are starting from ourselves, internal to the external, so that we can give from what we already know, what we already feel, what we already um, understand and like, and, you know, are comfortable with, so that the society begins to adjust. Of course, most of this, um, most of our stories are not just for women alone. When men also get to watch these films, they get to see some of the flaws as well, that they are also, oh, I'm falling short here as well. Okay, so this is, oh, I didn't know that while I was doing this and causing this woman to be uncomfortable. Oh, I didn't know that doing this would make her own... I didn't know that if I did this, she would feel. So it's not an attack on anybody. It's just a way of us, you know, saying the message, saying it as it is. Of course, the theater is a mirror to the society. Yes. Right. So what we is mirror the society back to itself and see that, hey, if we say we are broken, this is where we got broken. Yeah. yeah. This is where we got broken. So let's 
to stitch it. Let's start to tape it. Let's start to make it work. Let's find a way to, you know, we, we can't throw ourselves away at the end of the day. We are existing on the same earth. So there's nowhere to run to. We have to fix it. We have to fix it. Even if we run, avoid it for 100 years, we'll still come back to it. So we need to start now to start to fix it. Brilliant. It's amazing the work you're doing. And are you seeing some evidence that it's starting to work? Are you seeing this in the people that you help and the people that you speak to? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's so, most, time, most times I cry. Most times I break down when I receive reviews from women who say, Sandra, I've not chatted with you. I don't engage with your post, but they inspire me. Sandra, I love what you're doing. Like I get these messages and then I see that women are beginning to speak out. Women want to share their stories now. You know, women want to, you know, be more than, they now hunger for more. Yeah. And it's so beautiful because even when we, we've not officially launched the women's club, but we've been talking about it. We've been creating events around it, talking about the need for this club. You can see women rallying around. You can see the group is already growing, right? right. We we have an uh, app on um, Google Play Store, Twerk the women's club. And you can also see it on LinkedIn, Twerk, the women's club. The club, we are receiving requests to join every day and we've not officially launched. The launch is actually set for March. But you can see that women want part of this because women want to be happy. Women want to leave. So it's inspiring. It it inspires me to do more because I see that, hey, this is needed. This is needed. It's life-changing. When we host um, our, our virtual um, audio events. I host audio events on LinkedIn as well. Every Sunday, it's focused on empowering the woman emotionally and financially. When we have these conversations and then we open the floor for guests to come on stage to join us, you would see that a lot of women will come up and be like, I love these conversations you're having. We really need to start talking about these things. Yes. You would see the hunger for these things because it feels like, hey, we've been so apart. We've been isolated for so long. I love that you're doing this. So these reviews keep me going. Yeah. Even men, men join things and they're like, they start to invite women. They say, go, go and join them because this looks like the revolution we've been looking for. There is no hate. It is all about love, yeah. non-judgmental zone. It has nothing to do with all the biases that the society has peddled or sold to us. It is just pure humans trying to be happy, Yeah, you know, to come ways that we can create this solution that we seek through dialogue, through one act of um, effort, one effort or the other, one effort at a time. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. So it's, it's, it inspires me every day when I hear people, the reviews, you know, people coming in, people connecting with me. It always inspires me. And I thank everyone who is watching right now and feeling like, yeah, I know Sandra. Yeah. Thank you. Because of you, I keep doing this. It's because of you, I keep going. Seriously. Brilliant. Brilliant. I have a challenge for you, Sandra, and that is the amazing work that you're doing with the groups of women that you're educating and assisting and helping them lift them up, um, help them to fill their cup so it overflows and develop that sense of happiness and a way forward for the future and see themselves in Mm -hmm. the stories that they are creating for themselves. And Mm -hmm. what about 
helping men um, be educated about this, um, helping men to change their ways in the way that they perceive women and the way they treat women around the world. Well, let's start small, one step at a time. But I really do yes. think there is a need for more education towards men to help them understand. What do you think? Yes, I think so too. I agree with you. And um, I'm sure a lot of other organizations are doing a lot to empower and educate men as well. Yeah. Um, yes. But what we are focused on mainly is using storytelling to um, pass our messages across. So although our bias and focus is on the woman, yeah, it doesn't stop us from talking about the man as well. So um, unlike probably um, people would expect, it's not a feminist movement where we are um, hating on men. No, it is not. But what we're trying to do is find the solutions to issues. Our focus are on issues yes. that concern the woman. And of course, you cannot talk about the woman without talking about the man yes. in her life. It could be as a son, it could be as a brother, it could be as a husband, you know, as a partner and so on. So we cannot avoid talking about the man. We cannot avoid bringing the man into the picture. So we do that as well. Yeah. But like I said, it is one step at a time for us, one effort at a time. Yeah. So right now, like the reason I use the internal to external is we're still coming from the internal. Right. By the time we start to um, explore the external, then the society would be in the picture. Um, the men will be mostly will become our focus as well. But for now, it is from the internal to the external. So we're still building. We're still working on, you know, um, the woman. Brilliant. OK, well, that's good to know. It's good that the, in the future, the direction you're going in is obviously focus on the internal and then move to the external because, yes. you know, we love to be involved in the conversation. That's yes. really, really what I think I would be saying personally. Mm -hmm. It's good to be part of the conversation mm -hmm. because otherwise would leaves men with a feeling of the damage has been done and we we can't we're almost helpless you know there is nothing what is it that we can do or what is it that we should do or what is it that we should do differently in order to help your movement help your you know your group succeed um across okay. the world so yeah let us yeah. help if we can. That's really what I'm saying. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Come on board. We welcome you on board. First of all, I think it starts with dialogue. Please yeah. start to talk to your woman. Start to talk to the woman. Because I think a lot of men avoid talking, especially when we want to talk about deep talks. Yes. You know, we need you to have conversations with us. We need you to have those deep talks with us. Yes. Except you talk. Yes. Except you talk to us because a lot of times men would say the, wo the woman is being sentimental. She's talking from an emotional point of view. And um, I think science already proves that men are more logical or, you know, and women are more emotional and so on. But I want to believe that we are all humans yes. and we have different, we have these parts as well. 
in various capacities. So I think it will start from the dialogue, just the same way we are having conversations amongst ourselves. It will be lovely to have a man sitting, of course, men sitting during our, um, our weekly conversations that we have on LinkedIn, men joining, and we call them our he for she's. So we want, we want these men to also be part of the conversation because you cannot know it all. That's the truth. Even we as women, you know, unless we start to talk about it, sometimes we are going through some things and we don't even know why we're going through it. You know, sometimes the woman is just sad. And you ask her, why are you sad? And she said, I don't know, but I just don't feel right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. So, but when we start to talk, when we start to explore, you know, mm. maybe incidents or happenings that have occurred, then she starts to, oh, okay, this is why I feel like this. Yeah. So, but most times the man is so far from, I don't know if it's our society or cultural, you know, biases and so on that um, thinks the man should not, you know, feel so much or engage in such deep conversations. But we really need men to come on board these conversations because we are all figuring life out. That's the truth. We are all figuring life out. No one has got it all together. And I think it will be easier for all of us if we can, you know, understand each other to a point yeah. and keep the channel of communication open for us to be able to continue to bring things to the table. So I don't need to feel um, shut down when I'm trying to talk to you to express. Yeah. And yes, I think this one is very common because I've heard people say, you're shouting, you know, and then the woman would shut down. There is, I wanted to share with you, um, I don't know if you've ever seen a video on YouTube. I think it's something called like The Tale of Two Brains. And okay. it's, um, it's a very clever guy. I don't know if he's a comedian or not. I'll send it to you. But he, okay. he visually um, acts out the difference between a woman's brain and a man's brain. And it's so good and it's so funny. It makes you laugh, but it's so true as well, you know. And he basically explains the wiring in a woman's brain and the wiring in a man's brain. And in essence, he kind of says, you know, the man's brain, he has like a filing cabinet with a few drawers in it and everything is in the drawers, you know. So if he needs to go somewhere in his brain, he just opens that drawer and that drawer is just for that part in his brain and that's it. And if he needs to go and do something else, he'll go to another drawer and that's where everything is in the drawer that he needs. He doesn't need to be mm -hmm. in two drawers at the same time. And he then moves to this like mannequin head, which is the woman's brain. And he just goes, this is the woman's brain. And he goes, <laughs> the wires, the wires are all over the place because women can do so many things at the same time in their brain, whereas men can't, you know. And I think this goes back to when we were, you know, in the jungle, living in the jungle and the man was out hunting. He just had one thing to do is get food to get back to the cave. And the woman was in the cave having to make sure the children weren't running out and being in danger 
and do all of the other things that she needed to do. And I think our brain developed in that way because man was just focused on doing one thing at a time, you know. At the time. Um, so, yeah, Michael, I don't want to. I don't want to cut you halfway, but I don't want this to go off without you know us concluding. The battery of this device is low right now. Right, right, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so um, yeah, that have a look at that. Anybody who's listening, have a look at the Taylor Two Brains, and it's just magical to educate yourself on the differences between our brains, between men and women. There is a difference and we need yeah. to appreciate it. That's all I was going to say. So, Sandra, true, true. Let's, true, true. let's conclude then uh, in case we get cut off again. So how can people get involved in all the wonderful things that you're doing? How can they find you, learn about you? Obviously, they can find you on LinkedIn, but where else can they connect with you? Oh, they can connect with us via our website, um, www.tdwnmedia.xyz. T for T, D for dog, W for woman, N for network. So tdwnmedia.xyz. Um, and also we're on um, Instagram, we're on YouTube. You can check my YouTube out, The Different Woman TV, TDWN Media. Um, these are our two um, YouTube links. You can check us out as well. We are constantly looking for support um, to enable us make more productions, more content, and so on. So employ our services or come on board as a sponsor. We are constantly looking to connect, to collaborate, to partner. So please feel free to reach out. Um, you can also send me an email on the differencewoman at gmail.com. Um, other, I'm sure all of these links, um, I would send it over to uh, Michael and you're going to get them easily. Yeah, they'll, they'll all be in the show notes and so people can connect with you. And then, um, yeah, that's the best way to get hold of you. And when you say yeah. it's the Different Woman Network, so it's TD Woman, w TDWN for N November yes. Media. Yeah. Yes. Right, right, right. Got it. Okay, brilliant. Fantastic. Sandra, thanks so much and persisting with all the technology challenges that we had today. But we thank got you. it done. We got it done. And thank you so much yes, for do. helping me stream this live to LinkedIn. And sorry to the LinkedIn viewers or listeners that we had a few glitches along the way. But uh, yeah. obviously, if people are watching the replay, on YouTube or they're listening to the audio version, they won't have experienced all those glitches because I will have cut them out. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, Sandra, I'll be in touch soon. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I loved hearing Thank all the amazing you. things that you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Bye you, for... Michael. Bye for Bye. now. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and share at will. I'm always looking for more listeners and guests, so do get in touch, please. You can find me pretty easily by searching for Staying Alive UK. Thank you. Staying Alive UK. Share your story.